You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, ready sisters? sisters? Welcome back to OK Sis. Hello, I am Scout, and whoever that was, that was Mads. That was Mads in her TikTok brain. In her, wow, you have a TikTok brain now. Yeah, it's a it's taken up a large portion of my regular brain. Let me tell you. I see, I see. Well, I think you. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, what? Um, um, isn't it crazy how Gwen Stefani sampled Fiddler on the Roof? I didn't hear that, but yes, you did. No, I didn't. I have no idea. What you're if I was, if I was a rich oh, girl, yeah. da, 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 da. like how fucking iconic that she sampled Fiddler on the Roof, the you know classic Jewish Broadway musical. I mean, Gwen Stefani knows no bounds. She is with Blake Shelton, which is the oddest couple I have ever seen. But so she's just like a trailblazer into different. You know, like there's no box you can put Gwen Stefani in. Truly. Yeah. Um, no, just a uh, food for thought. Yeah. So I'm glad that's what you're thinking about on this Sunday evening. Um, guess what I just did? You finished Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. No, not there yet. I have like 30 pages left. I did a Melissa Wood Health workout. Cool. Uh, I'll check back on you in two weeks to see if you're still doing it. Okay. You could at least be happy for me. Well, I'm okay. Sure. I am overjoyed that you did one workout and I'm going to applaud you and you want all the praise for working out once in your life. But I'm just saying that 
you're the type of person that like wants all this praise after working out once and then you don't follow through. So I will check back in two weeks from now to see if you have continued. You never even gave me praise when I literally went to F45 religiously for three straight months. Yeah, because uh, it was intense working out. I went every single morning or I went three, t- three think, to four times I a think, week, 7 a.m. I, I think I did praise you. You just didn't want to accept it. Oh, OK. That's where we're at. OK, I see. I see. Um, How's the new couch? I see you got your couch. It is beautiful and white and gorgeous. Update on the couch situation. Um, I recounted the whole saga of, you know, not being able to to live out a manifestation of a restoration hardware cloud catch because my counterpart, my roommate, your roommate, <laughs> my significant, my your, roommate, your boyfriend, um, did not agree that it was a proper seating option. Hmm. So um, we therefore purchased a couch from Ashley Furniture. Now, Ashley Furniture was just, you know, some their production is just way, way, way back ordered, which is, you know, understandable. Um, but we were supposed to get it in September 1st. And now they're back ordered to October. And we we're like, you know what? We're sitting in this empty apartment with no couch. Like we like we're paying rent. We want to, you know, live in this apartment. So we had to cancel the Ashley Furniture order. And since we were in Culver City doing that, I said, hey. Let's pop into HD Buttercup. Let's just pop our little heads in there. And wow, did we find this gorgeous couch. They delivered it, glove, white glove service, two days after we bought it. I mean. That's pretty phenomenal. Have you ever heard of a place shipping two days? No. Not a for, couch? Not for that big of a piece of furniture, no. Exactly. So they were absolutely incredible. It is a crisp white couch. It's exactly what I wanted even from the beginning. Um, and it works perfectly. It looks like we are in a Malibu beach home in the middle of mid city. And it is just, uh, it's delightful. I and had, it's the coziest. I had kind of a similar situation with the couch cause I'm moving to this house and I bought a couch on living spaces and I'm just going to fucking put them on blast right here. And now I bought a couch on living spaces and I got like a, a color. I don't know. I got a color. And I looked at the return, uh, the return, what's it called? The return policy. And it said that the return policy was really that you had, I don't know, seven days after it getting delivered to return it, um, custom orders, um, you, I don't know, whatever. So I was like, cool, there's windows for me to return it if I don't like it, et cetera, et cetera. And then I found this other couch on Anthropology that I just loved so much more. So I bought the Anthropology couch called living spaces living spaces will only refund me 75 percent of my couch because i picked a color that wasn't their base color nowhere does it say this on their return policy guess where it says this in the fucking terms and conditions when you click accept at the bottom i gave them such hell i was like this is bullshit i literally ordered this a week ago first of all and there nowhere did it said as I was like picking a color that wasn't in the base. Right. I mean, just like terrible, terrible policy. And it wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be mad at them if they didn't straight out say it in the return policy, but they snuck it in the terms and conditions. So did you get a full refund or no? No, we went to the manager. We went above, we went above. We're like, are you willing to lose a lifetime customer? And they're like, yes, we are. (laughs) And then we're like, what? wait, wait, that is 
wow. I, I kind of like want to give living spaces props or they're just like, yeah, bitch, like leave. No, we don't need your business. Did, they didn't give two fucks <laughs> about me. We talked to the manager. We're like, what would your supervisor think if they heard that you aren't going to give us a full refund? And he's like, they would agree with me. And I was like, oh my God, you savage. Oh my wow living spaces out here to fucking slit each other's throats dude, that is savage dude they're fucking sneaky and i will never shop at living spaces again and now i put this on this podcast so maybe that person will hear this and then give me my fucking 100 percent refund because a couch is not cheap and 25 percent of a couch is a lot of money is a lot of money yeah no i mean we had a little bit of problems with actually furniture but they gave refund right away because it hadn't shipped yet it was i mean fucking we bought it in July, but they gave us a full refund. Well, it, was, it was fine. Five stars to Ashley Furniture and zero stars to Living Spaces. So that's just yes. where we're at right now with our couch purchasing situation. Wow. Wow. Um, oh. sure. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, so lately I've been weirdly this past weekend I have had a lot of social obligations and I think it just happened where certain people were in town but then other people like I just didn't want to talk to people on the weekdays so I like scheduled them for the weekends to have touch bases and and catch-ups and I feel so emotionally drained Mm -hmm. and it's so hard because all of these people are dear to me and I want to catch up with them and talk to them but just the the very act of socializing just leaves me completely empty and I need to like loaf on the couch and be paralyzed like a zombie for the next like five hours if I if I commit to one hour of socialization are you feeling that as well yeah so I felt like last week so my in-laws are in town and it was Labor Day weekend so I had commitments I had two commitments with my in-laws and two commitments with dad so it was like constant all weekend going from the beach to the pool party, like this was all like very COVID safe, like in our little family circle, but it was just the fact that I had so, I mean, my, my weekend was packed and I, I actually had a mental breakdown. Like I had an anxiety attack. I was like, this is not how I want to live my life. Like COVID taught me if anything that I need to pump the brakes on all these obligations. And it became almost, it became almost like this. I have to do it because it's labor day. I have to do it because my in-laws are in town. I have to do it because of X, Y, and Z. And that's when you get into trouble. That's when socializing isn't coming from like my well is full and I have to give. It's coming from kind of like this really frantic, stressed out, busy schedule life that we were so prone to before COVID. And I think that with COVID having to completely put a complete halt to all of that changed the wiring in our brain. And now we're understanding how overwhelmed we were actually making ourselves. Yeah, it takes me so long to recover from any type of social interaction or engagement. And it's, I just don't know if anyone else is feeling this way. And I mean, it makes sense because we have literally not been doing this for six months. Mm -hmm. And then when you kind of pack a lot into one weekend and I kind of was like, oh, I used to always do this. This is fine. I am finding that I have to allow for about twice the time to like, come back to myself yeah I honestly am realizing that I prefer 75% of my life to be completely alone like I don't I I don't I don't Dude, want I, I don't want I don't need to be out I don't need to be there I don't need to be here over there and the moon whatever I need to be in my house oh in the moon oh yeah. oh in the moon I've been there been there baby in the moon <laughs> um I know like tonight it's our stepsister's birthday happy birthday Natalia love it love to see it uh we're going to catch 
you know, just, uh, wow. Like that is a, I've already done a social obligation this morning and now I have to go to catch. Yeah. You like, you got to get dressed up. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. That's Mm -hmm. a fun time because that's really rare these Mm -hmm. days. I mean, I I don't know the last time jeans were snaked up my butt. But you say that all the time. You just wore jeans like two days ago. (laughs) Like, I have seen you wear jeans multiple times in the last, like, you know, decent time period. Okay. Okay. Um, They're really tight. I'm going to say that. And, um, or I can't tell if they're tight or just, like, I don't remember what tight clothes feel like on my body is what I'm, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, jeans are always a weird thing. I never feel like they fully fit you if you have any sort of curve anywhere. I feel like it's Mm -hmm. impossible to get the right ratio of hip to butt to calf. Like everyone's ratio is so different. So it's it's going to be super tight somewhere. It's different when you're standing, different when you're sitting. Totally. Some jeans, some jeans can't sit. No. Just, I'm not sitting. No. The the belly pours over. It's not, you know. Yeah. It's a Um, whole thing. So I wanted to just briefly talk about this since September is Suicide Awareness Month. And I did a little bit of digging into this. I think Suicide Awareness Day was last week. And I stumbled upon an extremely shocking number that severely broke my heart and uh, feel as if it deserves more attention. But every single year, 700,000 to a million people die of suicide. And that's not last year. That's not this year. That's year after year after year, which in my opinion makes suicide a complete global pandemic. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my, the best way to help other than coming on here and speaking openly about mental health and the struggles that I've been through with suicidal ideation, et cetera. Um, I will stay tuned for kind of where I feel my energy is best placed other than trying to destroy the stigma of mental health. But I just really wanted to bring that staggering statistic to everybody's mind because I think that people still don't take mental health seriously and still don't take suicidal ideation and suicide seriously. And they think it's this rare thing that happens like to one and, you know, barely anybody, but it's really something that has completely taken over our world. And so with that, I would just like to, I'm not going to do a moment of silence because it's a podcast, but I would like to everybody to say a prayer for those who have lost their lives to suicide. Hopefully we can help diminish that statistic um, every single day by breaking the stigma. And normalize asking for help mm-hmm. and reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I think people, when, before they commit suicide or decide to do this, it is, it is maybe because they don't feel completely comfortable and vulnerable to reach out mm-hmm. to their support system. And, I've had private conversations with you about how it is imperative if even if you feel embarrassed or you're like, oh, no, they'll think it doesn't fucking matter. Like you have to reach out to someone and push back, push through like all uh, with like all that restraint. And it's I mean, I can't even imagine, but I think that's something uh, coming from the support side of that ideation and that type of uh, thought process you have to be really checking in on your friends checking in on your family members and ensuring that they know 
that you are open to receiving anything that they have to give you and being there to help them. Yeah. And I would just also want to just round up this conversation real quick by saying that, yes, I've had suicidal ideation. And when I read that statistic, I was like, how shitty would, like, I would have missed out on so much if I had ever acted on that ideation. And so if anyone out there is swarming with helplessness and doesn't know what to do, I just want to tell you that I am so grateful that I never acted upon that because life does bring you so many gifts if you're willing to walk through the pain. And hopefully, I don't know, I have my Scout podcast you can listen to called Scout, where I talk all about mental health and depression. If anybody is suffering, please reach out via DM, via email, whatever it might be. Um, Mads and I are both here as the support and as the person with the illness um, to help combat this together. Yeah. And then I don't know how you transition out of that, but I will. Housekeeping. No, uh, it's my birthday on Friday. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's my birthday today. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, you would have been in real trouble. Yeah. No, it is your birthday. Muzzle toe. You are not 30. <laughs> you are almost. Welcome to your last year of your 20s. Yes. This week is my birthday week and I will be 29 on Friday. Birth week. Birth week. Birth week. Okay. Anyways, you can do housekeeping because I feel like you have it in you today. I feel like there's something hey, that needs shawty. to- it's your birthday. Okay. We gon' party like it's your birthday. Go to Supercard. Hey, do you like Bacardi? No, no, I okay. don't like Bacardi. Okay. No, it's disgusting. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Give uh, me some like nice champagne or something. Or some Savi B. No. <laughs> it's Sauvignon Blanc, and I swear it's to God. Sauvignon Blanc. No, oh I. I have officially rebranded Sauvignon Blanc to Savi B. Okay, but you didn't that's you didn't come up with that. I didn't come up with that, but it is it's an internal new lifestyle decision for me to call it Savi B. Well, we are inherently on different planes in life then because yeah. I think this, this I mean that's very apparent. I think that's very apparent. Yeah, I think from this podcast, I think it's very apparent. Very apparent. I mean we're both <laughs> buying couches for with living with our significant others. I mean there's a that through is line. That's true. That is oh, very give me the true. housekeeping. Give it to me. I feel like I feel like you're gonna give it in a beautiful give it to way. Me. Give it to me. Um all right, sisters. If you're listening to this, that means you're listening to a podcast. Mazel tov, you've made it. You're listening Christ. to a podcast. So um, what you can do next to support said podcast is go to OKSIS on anywhere podcasts are found, but also on the App Store specifically to rate us five stars. Anything less, you can just DM us for feedback and we'll discuss there. You do not need to rate us less than five stars. And then <laughs> while you're still there, you can leave a little review. And um, I make really cute graphics that put the review in it. So you can be featured on our Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, we have one. It's called OKSIS Podcast, at O-K-A-Y-S-I-S Podcast. Hopefully you can spell or else uh, Godspeed. So then we have a newsletter. If you go to OKSISpodcast.com, you can sign up for the Monday Weekly newsletter talks about everything pop culture to scintillating articles to uh, products that you need to buy. I always or we always highlight a black owned business as well in there and then a little bit about our girl crush, which is the guest of this week. And um, is that it? Yeah, that's it. And if this is overwhelming, you can find all of this in the link in our show notes. Um, no, just in the show notes. Well, there's links to everything. There's li- there's also link in bio. There's link in show notes. There's the link everywhere. 
Yeah, it's so funny how each social media platform is like has their lingo, like link in bio. Anyways, who cares? No one cares. Oh my god, I watched the um, an American Pickle last night. Have you seen it with Seth Rogen? Oh no, I've heard really good things though. Excellent. Highly excellent. Highly. I was literally dying of laughter. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm always in for like it's a, a Jewish it's a humor. It's a very Jewish humor. My favorite. Can I can I say my favorite line or do you, no oh, no okay. Why would you do that? No, it's so funny. Me, I I don't care. Let me watch it. Oh, and, and guess I will... guess who's in it? Who? Guess who plays um, Herschel's wife? I'm not gonna guess your so. favorite woman, Shiv or whatever from Succession. Oh my god, your face looks like you're like. It like <laughs> your mouth is really open wide and I I okay yeah it looks like you're about to deep throw the microphone that's what it looks like oh my god okay wait pause before we get into the guests I do need to recount this so um I last night my boyfriend and I watched the big short which excellent excellent film, film. you know just a piece of quality cinema is what it is. And my main man, Jeremy Strong, is in it, who is Kendall Roy on Succession. So I just got, like, all of my feelings about Succession. I was like, when is it coming back? I, I miss it so much. I'm so nostalgic for it. So when you said Shiv, I was just like, oh, my God. Incredible. I had such a Succession weekend, actually, because I was watching Pride and Prejudice, which is my favorite movie in the entire world. And Mr. Darcy is Tom from Succession, which is so weird because they're completely opposite different characters. Oh, but wait a minute. Shiv's... Wait, Shiv's husband or fiance is yeah. Mr. Darcy? Yes. Oh, that was a bad move for him. Bad move for him to go to succession. Nope. Oh, be- nope. because now people can't look at him like a- Can't look at Mr. Darcy like the strong, romantic, brute, moody man. Sexy man. Sexy man, man that he was in Pride Mr. and Prejudice. Mr. Darcy. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so- but the funny part was we were watching The Big Short and Jeremy Strong is like, is, is, wait, Jeremy Strong's character in The Big Short is his audition for Kendall Roy in Succession. Like, it is the same exact character. This was literally, they were like, okay, where, where did we see this character before? Jeremy Strong from Big Short. And he, I think he put it in his contract that he needs to be chewing gum at all points of his acting abilities Mm. like he is just constantly chewing gum it's just I guess it's a Jeremy Strong thing because in every movie I've ever seen him in he's chewing gum with the camera very close to his face okay I mean that's his thing that's what he'll get an Oscar for one day you know I miss I miss Kendall so much um he got nominated for an Emmy and Succession just deserves everything in this life okay well Shiv is a character in American Pickle she has maybe 10 words but she's there okay and um i thought you would i thought you would appreciate that so that yeah watch that That, actually that is like the best endorsement you could have ever given it because i'm gonna watch it right after this i mean you can't you're going to catch okay okay yeah just reminding you of your social obligations um okay this episode was one of the most informational episodes we've ever done we had ara from seed which is an incredible probiotic and we just talk science is what we talk. Um, whether or not I understood everything is up for debate. 
Um, yeah, there were a lot. There were a lot of moments where I was like, okay, let me try to say this in like layman terms, and then she was like, no, no, you're completely incorrect. <laughs> I was like, okay, great, great, let's back it up, let's back it up. Like she is just such a wholesome character. I mean, so you know, rooted and grounded, but then she has this like very scientific and analytical brain that she has brought into this process of creating such an a, an incredible product that that works that works for your gut it's very uh very rooted in science and I I think a lot of you know we talk about how probiotics prebiotics are very buzzwords right now and she has been able to marry the more you know intellectual uh uh fact-based type of information into a product yeah we talk a lot about the gut microbiome and just like the microbiome because there's more than just the gut you gotta listen yeah there's a vagina microbiome microbiomes are everywhere baby it's fucking everywhere and then my husband hopped on not while we were recording but after and had a whole talk with her which i thought was really cute they were totally they might they they might as well have been speaking gibberish like i literally had no they were speaking another language yeah they were but they were cute they were geeking out together. It was so cute because Adam like works with the gut microbiome. So they were just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. A match made in heaven. It was great. <laughs> okay, everybody. Enjoy. Enjoy. Okay, sisters. Let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about whimsy and row, right? 
Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. 
Ara Katz is a serial entrepreneur and has spent nearly 10 years in consumer technology. Currently, she is the co-founder and co-CEO of Seed, a consumer life science company that develops probiotics. The company is known for their scientific and data-driven approach to the microbiome and applications of bacteria to impact human and environmental health. Ara has been listed in Marie Claire's The New Guard, the 50 Most Influential Women in America, on Business Insider's Silicon Alley Top 100, and 36 rock star women in NYC tech, and was included in Create and Cultivate's 100 list for STEM. Ara has also been a fellow at the MIT Media Lab Center for the Future of Storytelling and CCA's Design MBA program. Without further ado, Ara. Thank you for having me. That was, it's always funny to hear about yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Hot damn, is that a bio? Is that a list? You are on every, you are on the most important lists, okay? And your hair is beautiful. I mean, oh my God. Before <laughs> we get started, I have to say, my husband might run out when I'm saying this, but he is getting his PhD in the gut microbiome. So this is gonna be such a fun informational session because I feel like you'll be probably able to explain it to me in better terms than he has been able to thus far. So I am, I am very excited. Yes, that's awesome. What what aspect of um, of research is he is he working on? You know, excellent question. It's uh, <laughs> chemical biology. I know that, and then he works in the gut microbiome with mice and um, figuring out like fatty diets. On I don't know. Hmm? He just got Me published in Nature. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's like Vogue of Science. Yeah, yeah, he just the got published. The Vogue of Science? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You Go know Adam. Got, yeah, he got published in like the top scientific journal. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah, so wow. we have, you have lots to educate me so that I can go home and talk to my husband in a really great way. And by in Walker in the other room. Yes, yes, exactly, because it's quarantine and that's how we do things, so. <laughs> All right, let's do a round of current fixations before we get into everything seed. Scout? Yes, my current fixation is the Expanded Podcast by Lacey Phillips. And it's interesting, Ara, because Lacey has very similar hair to you. I don't know if you're familiar with her. And she is a manifestation expert, but she does um, she's a very different model than the traditional manifestation or new age manifestation model. She uses neuroscience, um, psychology, as well as the science of energetics or her energetics gifts, as she says, to come up with a program. I have not gone through her program or done her model before. My current fixation is more just her and her podcast. It's really amazing. Um, last month, it was all themed around money, money mindset, abundance, stuff like that, which was really helpful and like unblocking narratives that you have that are limiting you from understanding your full potential in this world. So she's such a calming, calming figure. And I love that she also really kind of meshes the woo-woo with the practical and the science with the spiritual. So she's, she's really great. And she's, her essence is so beautiful. So uh, if you have a chance, check out the expanded podcast. Thank you. Well, love that. Um, so my fixation, I know Scout and I um, both, are known to have very intricate morning routines. So I wanted to share a recent addition to mine, which has been dancing. 
you know, I read about this in, um, I was listening to another podcast and they were saying that just to kind of put on a song in the morning, maybe like after, while you're drinking your coffee or right after a meditation and just putting on a song and just moving, just exploring, having a little bit of playfulness, it feels, it's a really, really good introduction into the day. So lately I have been jamming to Casey Musgraves because it's a very good blend of like a soothing sound, but also energizing. And um, I mean, I just love her, her whole vibe and it's such a great way to just ease into the day. Tell you both don't have a four-year-old running around. dance with the four-year-old yeah I made a rap video the other night with my four-year-old it was pretty cool we did a drum circle with my dad yesterday he really like jammed out I can pretty amazing <laughs> we made a brush teeth wrap oh I love God. that that's amazing okay mm-hmm. what's your current fixation my current fixation is a book by Alan Levinovitz called Natural um, and I was looking up the byline because I wanted to get it right, which is how faith in nature's goodness leads to harmful fads, unjust laws, and flawed science. Um, and and I love it because you know I think um, my the reason that I love it. Are we supposed to say why we love it or why? Yeah. We're yes, go ahead. I think that we really like um, pick cherry pick things out of history and out of nature um, that we choose to like deify or decide that because even though the word natural actually is like very little meaning when it's used in kind of marketing and and foods and, you know, very, very few things, particularly these days, um, you know, don't have something unnatural, even in the supply chain of it, even if the ingredient was originally natural. Um, And I just think it's like a really good reminder um, that the natural world isn't there to like serve us and like our ideas of what it should do for us. <laughs> and, uh, and on top of that, I think, it, and, and it goes through everything from like the deification of natural childbirth and like home birthing and the shaming of hospitalization to just like the reality of data of like how many women really die in childbirth <laughs> when they, you know, in other places. And so I just, I, I like that it, um, I like that it kind of uh, offers like really important perspective to this, this like, god-like idea we have of things that are natural that's so interesting because i took a an early childhood development class and this is terrible that i don't know the statistic but the statistic of people of women that give birth in their homes successfully very in very health in a very healthy way very beautiful way is so much higher than we think it is correct yeah and 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 then when you go even beyond first world countries or you go to the places mm-hmm. We look to these images of like, oh, if it's in nature and you're squatting in the woods, it must be better. Um, so we like choose certain areas that we want to like deify the natural, um, mm-hmm. pick them out of like history or out of like people we that live closer to nature and decide that that's better. And then of course, like we at the same time like cherry pick, but we sit on our we but we post about it all day from our iPhone. So it's like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, what elements, what elements of the natural world do you incorporate, and then what do you modernize? What do you take, and how, what that balance looks like, and 
ensuring that you're not harming the world in the process. I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Like, don't be ashamed of, um, you know, being modern and understanding the advantages of all the technology that we have at our disposal, but uh, using it for good rather than rather than for harm, which I think Seed actually does like, I mean, a wildly impressive job at. Um, and we'll kind of get into all that, but I want to first kind of ask you, what is your background with science and this like obsession with data because you seem like a very obviously you seem like a I mean you could correct me if I'm wrong but you seem very spiritual in a way and just like rooted but then you have you have the mother earth um yeah you feel like mother earth but then you're just like science data give me the facts so kind of give us like a little sense of where that all comes from also real quick i love that that triggers our brain and says wait a minute we don't know what box to put her in right now because (laughs) you know what i mean like we believe these two worlds to be in complete opposition of one another when in reality they really aren't. And so I just wanted to point that out, that that's what, that's what just happened with our impression. So, okay, keep going. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, you guys are just stuck on my long hair. I think, (laughs) um, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's a really, you know, it's a really great question. I think, I think science at its core is incredibly spiritual, um, in the sense that actually it's a, it's a method of asking questions and it's an, it's a method of inquiry actually in its purest form uh, without any attachment to outcome, which is actually quite Buddhist, I think. Um, and that non-attachment of asking a question, having a hypothesis, experimenting and learning and then iterating is like this beautiful idea of like iteration. In, you know, in some ways I think science, again, in its purest form, because being self self-aware that of course it doesn't happen always vacuum and there's other other factors that go into it particularly in in any industry or where it's being commercialized but you know I think in its purest form in some ways it's more pure than I sometimes find um some of the spiritual frameworks that you know to me just are more beautiful interpretations of like organized religion um with like much better graphic design um (laughs) beautiful words that make uh, you feel that it's not organized, organized thought uh, or, or, or with like some sort of aspect of, of religious experience. Um, and so I think in a lot of ways, it's always appealed to me because, you know, it was, there's a couple things that I think happened. One was, you know, I've been a long time yogi and actually my mom, my mom died when I was um, uh, 16 and, and was actually quite spiritual and like ahead of her time in terms of like, food, um, organic food and, um, you know, but actually also worked in a cancer, in, in a cancer hospital. So, you know, in, in Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York. And so I think it was like, I, I've always, I grew up with like a fairly interesting kind of like dichotomy and my mom, as I said, was, was fairly spiritual, but seeing, uh, someone experience like cancer at a very young age and, and especially she had pancreatic cancer. So it was like 361 days from diagnosis to dying. And like, I think, you know, I always say like when you're young, you know, grandparents or older people are like, oh, at least you have your health, you know, and obviously we also really appreciate that. But for, like you kind of feel invincible, like for a lot, a lot of your life, particularly when you're younger, because you don't really understand what it means to not be able to like live, uh, to be to, to be in not health. Um, and I think I, I just experienced and got to like witness it very viscerally at a very young age. And I experienced a lot of loss. And I, I think, um, I think that always made me really curious. I, I, um, 
I started researching clinical trials when she was sick and started to like really understand how kind of like science was done when she was sick um, and how biotech and, and like how drugs got made. And I just think I started to understand that and then um, have always like kind of had a lifelong curiosity um, about food and about like the body and, and also just a curiosity of how people can treat their bodies so, so poorly, like just so poorly. Um, and, um, and where kind of some of that early wiring, I think kind of comes from. Um, and so, uh, and so I, I think I've just always, and I've always loved the natural world. I've always loved biology and like understanding how things work. And I think biology and technology, you know, these things aren't that, you know, often dissimilar. Um, and I, and I think I also particularly as like a smart ass, uh, in like grade school and high school, and then you know, I, I think I got a, a bit better about how I communicated it in college. I think I just always like felt like, I'm just curious how like we make decisions every day to put things in and on our bodies. And like, we spend zero time understanding them. And it really is until your path either like, I say it's like either pathology or pregnancy, you either get sick or knocked up. And then you're like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna learn all this stuff, right? But then the way you learn it ends up typically being through marketing um, it, and, and or Google like, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and so I think I've just always been so curious, like, like we spend so, the things that we spend time on versus like the one thing that we need to basically ensure has a lifetime guarantee. Uh, we don't, don't really understand. And yet we freely make decisions for it every day. Um, it's so true. Um, I have a friend who's a doula and she's never had kids, but she knows obviously way more about pregnancy and the transformation that a woman's body goes through and all of the intricacies and what is exactly happening and being in tune with the body. And I asked her, I'm like, you know, do you, do you feel like you're kind of an imposter sometimes helping these women through their pregnancy? And she's like, no, like, I don't think I have to have gone through that experience because I understand it probably more than these women do, which is why they hire me is to be this resource and this knowledge base, which I just think is so fascinating is it's true. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't even start to learn about that process until I was going through it. It is very true. Oh, I wanted to ask more so about your history with probiotics because obviously seed that is like the major, it's actually called a symbiotic. So we'll talk about the distinction there, but kind of like, what is your history with probiotics? Was there always a curiosity there with the body and how to align it? I mean, I think gut health and microbiome and probiotics, all these like buzzwords are kind of thrown around, as you said, with marketing. So what has your history been with it and, and the curiosity there? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'd say a big part of, you know, kind of going off of my like kind of lifelong love, love of science, um, and, and technology, I think, um, came with that like especially just as an entrepreneur and someone was very early in like wellness world like around the wellness world like came up early like in like yoga like doing yoga for so long like I kind of watched the wellness world evolve and I and I think I had always just felt that you know it's it's so important that people are obviously more conscious of it you know I felt that it you know for certainly like it felt fairly not inclusive and fairly inaccessible but um, you know, those things, they trickle down. And, and I, I think, I think that, that it is creating a new consciousness. However, with the $4.3 trillion, you know, spent in that business, you know, no one's getting healthier necessarily. Uh, and, so um, we're only dying of non-communicable diseases now 
uh, more than we ever had type one diabetes um, being like cardiovascular disease, autoimmune condition. Like these things are, um, these things are not COVID. <laughs> They're not communicable. It's not the plague. It's not. And yet like, these are the things that are killing us. And I think, um, and, and I, and so I think I felt like really like I didn't want to participate or do, I always knew I wanted to do something in health or, or the body and, you know, probiotics. I mean, for us, we work in microbes and, you know, probiotics happen to be the, the term that's used, um, for, for example, particularly on like the consumer side of what we do, because we also develop therapeutics. Um, but like for me, like microbes and like the microbiome and um, Scott, your husband may, may attest to this, which is, you know, I and coming from tech to like, you know, Peter Thiel and, and lots of like, you know, in, incredible tech entrepreneurs too. And, you know, Steve Jobs talks about this a lot and in, in using different words, there's this idea of like zero to one, which is, you know, I just felt like everything was so tinkering -y. Like everything was just these like iterations of something else. Um, I didn't feel that it was grounded in like, um, and, and not that obviously science knows everything, but it wasn't grounded in like evidence to be able to articulate what something is doing. Um, and I also felt that, uh, that it was it was veering into a place that was um, creating frameworks and lexicons and language around our body that actually is in, in out of, it's not true uh, in terms of biology. And I think like the all detoxes and cleanse it, like these ideas are really should sit in the world of behavioral science for the most part. I mean, outside of like chelation and like heavy metal content in your body and stuff. But like, you know, these ideas were, are, are really marketing frameworks to figure out how you could comply with something like eating plants for seven days. But it's not like, it, it never felt to me like something like, oh, I feel like I could spend the next like decade or two decades of my life believing that you could make an impact in human health or in health, you know, in environmental health too, in terms of our world. And so microbes are like this invisible, like internet of everything. I mean, they're on every single surface. They make up 50% of our bodies by cell count. Um, you know, three to five pounds of our body are made up of non-human microorganisms um, that touch every surface of our body. Um, and I think that I felt like that to me, knowing, and that's where the name seed comes from, which I can explain, but, um, yeah. I just felt that to me was like this whole perspective shift. Uh, like there's more microbes, like, un like under your waistline, uh, than there are as stars in the universe. Oh my God. You know, it's like it's incredible. Yeah. And not only that, like, I mean, just from hearing from my, my husband is that like the gut microbiome is sort of been it's like the new brain right like so much of our health how even down to our emotional capacity our mental health has to do with the gut microbiome which is really really fascinating can you tell someone or the people listening who might not understand what a probiotic is or well wanna, can we wanna... back up can we back up one step and okay. can we define the gut microbiome oh good like, idea what yeah. is it yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was about to suggest the same thing. So, yeah. uh, so I wouldn't say, let me define the microbiome and I'll say why it always gets conflated. Like everyone just thinks gut health, but actually the microbiome is actually the collection of all microbes that live in and on you. And that's about 38 trillion. The, okay. A good majority of them live in your colon, in your lower GI tract in your colon. And so that is why often people say microbiome and gut health as if they're kind of like interchangeable, but very truthfully, your microbiome, like, and actually you have these other ecosystems of your body. For women, you have a vaginal microbiome. 
Mm. Um, there's the skin microbiome, which is responsible for modulating like the external environment and like being mm. your kind of, uh, you know, your, your, your interface with the exterior world. There's an optical microbiome of the eye. They now know there's a belly button microbiome. There's a mm. nasal microbiome. Um, so what, uh, is, what is the mic, what is a microbe then? Like what, what, it's a, it's what does it do? It's a single celled organism. Um, Got it. so, so mostly back to in your body, like mostly bacteria, but it's actually consists of like fungi, um, viruses, um, phages, like it, th- there are other types. We focus on bacteria. Um, and that Got is it. kind of, I think where there are people who are focused on other, other areas, but, but like. For the most part, when people use the term microbiome, they're also euphemistically mostly, most often referring to microbe, uh, bacterial microbes, but there are other types that are, are types. exist in the body, but the majority are, are bacteria. And so, but it's really important to know, like in the same way that you think, like, so you're technically, think of yourself as like a rainforest or a coral reef. Mm. So like, you're like this multi-species organism that has your human cells and then you have these other uh residents that in exchange for a a warm place to live and food they do a lot of important shit in your body (laughs) oh my god i love that analogy yeah and so like you can't you know and and they do really important work depending on where they live and i say you know the reason that i was saying especially for you guys because you're both women but like you know the vaginal microbiome is incredibly important, and actually, very interestingly, and um, Scout, your husband may may work on something related to this. But like, you know, the 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 gut microbiome, like, there's no one healthy microbiome. So like, like our genome, everyone's microbiome is different. But there are markers of a healthy microbiome, and one of the most important markers is diversity, which is how many different species. Mm. Um, and in what abundance are they are they mm-hmm. present in the gut? In the vagina, you want the opposite. You don't want diversity. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's very interesting. So so it's important to think like if your gut was a rainforest, like you, your vagina is more like a desert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, um, I'm not. We're trying to get it to be a rainforest yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But. Yes, that that yes, there are oases in the in the desert, uh, but. For the most part, and I was not like making an analogy to like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that vaginal dryness or someone's lack of a sex life. I just mean in general, uh, totally. they're very different ecosystems, and and actually in the vaginal microbiome you don't want diversity, and if and wow. uh, that ecosystem being out of balance is what makes you more susceptible to uh, STIs, UTIs, um, pre uh, preterm birth, um, and even the and in, in, in infertility. Um, and you know, that the bacteria regulate the pH of your vagina, um, and whether or not what your, the pH of your vagina is also is important. Like can it shuttle sperm has to do with the acidity of that environment. So there's an, and, and whether or not it's susceptible to letting a pathogen grow and attach to, you know, the mucosal lining. And so the only reason I'm bringing that up is just because I don't want the microbiome isn't just the gut. Um, a, that's important. Um, yeah. the mouth, for example, like the way we think about brush, like a cavity is, is like a result of bacteria creating a biofilm. You basically give them enough to eat <laughs> and they'll, they'll use it to create a biofilm over your tooth that will eat away at the enamel. So, you know, it's just, it's just important to think about that they really exist in, in us and on these different surfaces. And in the best case they serve in, in health and in, bal- in balance, I use that word loosely, they mm-hmm. really serve us. 
Um, but when we really don't serve them, it gives the opportunities for the not good ones to do not good stuff <laughs> and or create other and or create other conditions like leave yeah. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. How does one identify if one's, let's talk about the gut microbiome specifically? Yeah or vaginal, both are interesting to me. How does one identify if one's gut or vaginal microbiome is either imbalanced or, mm -hmm. I don't know the proper terms, leaning more towards negative um, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. symptoms? The term, yeah, the term, the term is dysbiotic. Like you can okay. think about symbi symbiotic being dysbiotic. Yeah. Yeah. Not in I alignment. Mean, I, I'm sure as your husband may, um, may, uh, may agree, like the answer with the gut and the reason that actually the gut is like such as new, like a lot of people are like, where did this gut microbiome come? Like where did all of a sudden it's like, everyone talks about gut health, you know, a lot of it. And actually thanks to, thanks to your husband's field of studying neurobiotic mice, like they, they actually, the, the study that kind of set off the field in a lot of ways, I, science kind of becomes relevant when you can do two things and you can show people that they could live longer or they can lose weight. So on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So, or look, or look young. Yes. Or yes, yes, exactly. Which I guess I put in the live longer. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, so in like, I think it was 2006, um, you know, they took a, the microbiome of a lean mouse and they put it in an obese mouse and then they took the obese mouse microbiome put it in lean mouse and the, and the lean mouse got obese, the obese mouse got lean. And that was like the moment that people were like, holy shit, <laughs> like metabolism, like metabolism, like these microbes are important um, and regulate some big things in the body. And, and so to answer your question, the gut is incredibly complex. Um, I think now we are starting to understand correlations with very specific um, autoimmune conditions um, I think that, I mean, the, the, honestly, the, one of the most obvious examples is of course, like disrupted digestion, like the localized, um, uh, impact of, of dysbiosis or, or some issues from a gut microbial perspective is, is digestion and GI health just because, and things like leaky gut where there's like permeability of the gut wall because microbes are a big part of those tight junction cells staying really tight, um, because they make short chain fatty acids, which is like it's like the fuel for the cells that keep it tight, if that's the easiest way to think about it. Um, and so I think, yeah, so I think that there, there are a lot of markers. For, and, and as I said, every day you wake up to new papers under, even, in, even with COVID, starting to think about like there's ACE2 receptors in the gut, starting to understand like why the gut, some people may get COVID worse than others because of their gut. But it is very complex and there are a lot of conditions that are now linked to it. But I would say the field is still early in understanding mm -hmm. always exactly why so real i just want to give a real life example because yes. so i did whole 30 are you familiar with whole 30 that's very okay so i don't know if it's a sham or not but i did it i did whole 30 and when i pooped and wiped there was nothing on the net on the toilet paper because it was mm -hmm. such a clean feces and mm -hmm. it didn't have a strong odor is that I was told that that's a good thing. Is that a good sign? Yeah. So, so I would say the 
um, so the the Bristol stool chart um, is probably like is a is a great uh, tool that and if you guys want to share it in the show notes or however you do that, it's type your stool is type one through seven, which is like a it's just a diagnostic tool that um, uh, in gastroenterology they use and I'm sure in other fields. And um, so usually when and, and it, it's so what you were describing is let's say like ease of expulsion or full evacuation, which is kind of some of the terms that get used around GI or digestive health, that is a good thing. But then things like color, shape, and consistency and the hydration of the stool are really important. I would say that if you are feeling that you are evacuating more easily and also more fully, um, and it was like a good consistency, I can, I can, you can literally Google yeah. it all right while, while we're talking or I can send it to you. Um, and uh, and the stool was hydrated like that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and and actually, stool is a great data data point that we kind of flush away every day. Yeah. Um, but that actually is like an incredible marker for kind of what's going on inside. That was the most beautiful description of shit that I've ever heard. Um, I like yeah. want to examine my shit now. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we fl- we're so scared of it. We're just like, get it out of my way. But it, could, yeah. it can, as you said, be data markers and can inform us. I would love to see that chart. I, I didn't even know that yeah. existed. That's incredible. We also have, a, we also have an SNS tool. Um, we, we did a big, we're, we crowdsourced the largest database of poop imagery in the world to um, to create to help create an AI that could read it in, in real time. So we have an SMS uh, tool um, that will roll out soon that you can upload your photo and it will real time tell you the type. Oh my God, because I actually assess it and I'm not like doing it out of knowledge. I just kind of know like you know, if it has something's different, it's because I ate something, you know, like I'm yeah. just kind of always checking in with myself with that, you know, understanding yeah. that like, maybe I should go easy and eat a little bit cleaner the next few days to like rebalance yeah. things. But that is so cool. And now yeah. we can have AI tell us what our shit means. That's right. Well, it's exactly. We can tell you the type and we can tell you how often you go if you, if you upload the photo at the set time that you go. Yeah. Um, can't tell you much beyond that right yet quite yet but um but i yes it, but even those even those yeah. inputs are like are, are important because they're like to, i mean it's kind of like what i think about any of those programs like the whole 30s or as i said even detoxes mm-hmm. and cleanses sometimes can be so impactful just because they behaviorally make you aware of what you're doing mm-hmm. um you know not not necessarily that the intervention itself is always the most important part of it but that the the um the 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 monitoring of of what's going in and what's going out obviously is um can be important just so you start to attune to kind of what uh what's normal what's normal and not so i want to talk about uh probiotics in particular now that we've had this conversation i want to know more about why probiotics are necessary and also what microbiome they target is it only gut health or is it your entire body are there specific probiotics you should be taking for specific microbiomes? Kind of like talk about, and also prebiotics. Like what are the, what's the difference there sure. too? Well, okay. So let's, can we go back to a glossary definition just so that everything's yeah, aligned? Exactly. We need um, that. The, yeah. So we know that microbiome is the collection of all microbes and on you, there's about 38 trillion of them. We know that you can have dysbiosis, but the reason I'm bringing this up is that, you know, there's a probiotics just to stay on the glossary thread are a live microorganism that when it's administered in an adequate dose confers a health benefit to the host. 
what that means is, and actually like very fun fact, our chief scientist chaired the UN and WHO panel in 2001 that first authored that scientific definition. The term probiotic, and this is important for your audience, is not regulated in the US. You cannot use the term in the EU because of how stringent they are about the scientific definition. So the reason that we can have probiotic tortilla chips and chocolate and pillowcases <laughs> and skincare um, and you know some of my other personal favorites like mattresses um, and kombucha God, and, and you know and kombucha and kimchi uh, is because um, you could throw bacteria and actually in some cases there is no bacteria and they still call it that um, in really anything um, and call it a probiotic in this country and 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 there's a few other places where you can use it more loosely but U.S. is probably the most egregious. Mm. And so, um, so to, the reason that I gave the scientific definition and what that, just to break that down, is what it means is that it's a live organism, which means that you have to suspend it in some way before it goes into the body. When it's rehydrated, it comes alive. It's a process called lyophilization, which is a fancy word for like freeze drying. The second is that it needs to be in an adequate dose. And, and all that means is that it needs to be uh, shown that the dosage that's being used, probably with some overages to account for kind of some of the die-off that happens in the body during digestion, has to be reflected in the human clinical research that's been done or some sort of testing or mechanistic research to demonstrate that that microbe, not the species, but the, but the strain, which is if we go back to like sixth grade biology, um, uh, like a species is a dog and a strain is like an English bulldog. So like saying I take probiotics without knowing what strain it is, is literally like saying I have a dog and you don't know you have a lab. Literally, that's like, like literally that's what it's like. So the specificity is important because two strains oh. of the same species can have exact opposite effects in the body. But um, how, how, how does one find, because as you said, no gut microbiome is the same. Yep. Yes. How, how does one find, you know what I mean? Like how does. Sure. How, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so where I was heading was that, so there's a first thing is that, um, the first thing was the strain specificity and knowing like which microbes and obviously making sure that they've been studied in that specific dose to have an impact in the, in the body. And you probably know from your husband that like the, 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 the gold standard of the traditional boring science is when you can show something reproducibly in a heterogeneous population, um, it doesn't matter, right? Like what, like it, like Tylenol can work mechanistically in a lot of different people because it, it, it doesn't have to be, an anti-inflammatory doesn't have to be personalized for you, right? Now, it doesn't mean that some people don't have negative responses to some of them, and those are more outliers, but for something uh, in our world, it, it is, um, and this is really important, a probiotic isn't like, you're not like missing some bacteria, and then a probiotic is like, take it and you're putting the good stuff back. That's like one narrative that gets told a lot, and it's just not, it's not true. Um, and, and actually any, anyone who's telling you that like you can do a stool test, will tell you what you're missing and then we'll show you how to re restore it. Um, that, that to me, I, I, that, that I would be more, um, ask more questions of, um, in the case of probiotics, they're what we call transient microbes for the most part, which means that they kind of do their work on the road. Um, which means that they're going through your body signaling to human cells and other microbes. Um, and depending on the strain, they're doing different things. Um, and so for example, some may help trigger neurotransmitters that like um, are responsible for motility. 
So like when you talked about like having easier poop, uh, like that's, that's something that a probiotic can be very helpful with. Um, when I talked about uh, that they trigger, like they, they um, signal type junction cells so that they can help kind of increase or support immune, like gut barrier integrity. There's strains that have been studied specifically for that, or there's strains that were studied um, to produce what I was calling those short chain fatty acids, which is literally food for the cells that line your epi like epithel epithelial wall. And then like in our probiotic, for example, there's also microbes that can do lots of other things you're asking me like beyond just kind of digestive and GI health. There's microbes that work on like the gut liver axis that we know um, that can like prevent the reuptake of cholesterol into the in circulation. Um, so for people who have like high, high cholesterol as an example, there's um, microbes that have been studied in specific populations on the gut skin axis. So I'm not a big like, I'm not going to sit here and tout like ingestible beauty. Uh, I think most of it probably needs more science, but for atopic dermatitis, eczema, psoriasis, there are specific inflammatory responses that can be dampened by specific microbes. Um, so to and, clarify, uh, my, the, in the probiotic, there yeah. are microbiomes that you're putting in your body? Uh, no. no, a probiotic is a microbe. A, mi a probiotic is a, is a microbe. Yes, a probiotic is a, you... is, a, is a strain. A probiotic strain could be replaced with a strain of bacteria. Got a it. Bacteria, but, but to qualify to be called a probiotic, that strain of bacteria needs to be studied and then satisfy the definition that I mentioned to you. Got it. Wow. Got it. Yeah. So a probiotic is oh, just bacteria. I yeah, think yeah. of a probiotic as bacteria. Yeah, just great. Not, all probiotics are bacteria, but not all bacteria are probiotics. Okay, got it. So you're just you're just inserting more bacteria to supplement the bacteria that already exists within you, or to play no, with that. To I'm, play with I'm, it. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying is kind of the myth, which is yeah. that mm. uh, you're not. It, it, it that's a little bit part of the myth, which is this idea that like you're adding the stuff you're missing. Um, mm. This is more that you're taking a probiotic to do something specific that it has been studied to do. For example. Okay. Increased regularity. I have occasional constipation. I feel bloated when I get sick, uh, when I eat. I, um, I have trouble going to the bathroom um, or I go too much. Um, uh, specific strains of bacteria can have a homeostatic effect, which just means they like kind of regulate your digestion. So like that's like an example. Um, but Got very it. much not the supplementation necessarily of like your okay. existing bacteria. It's like there, and that's why it's important to define those things because they're two separate things. You have your microbiome, and yes, that there is a, a huge population, as we discussed, of microbes that exist in your gut. Mm -hmm. Taking a probiotic does interact with those microbes as it moves through the body, but it also interacts with human cells too, and they also produce things on their own. And so um, I just I, I just caution the idea just because it gets hyperbolized a lot and sensationalized yeah. that like you could somehow like be missing all this stuff and then you take a probiotic to like restore and it'll help and it's like you're a magical that. full human yeah. being now and you're like whole because yeah. you're taking and, a probiotic. And, but, but that being said, I mean there can be a recovery effect. Um, yeah. We're going to be publishing some interesting research about like 
how our how our daily symbiotic um, in, in impacts the recovery of the gut after alcohol and after antibiotics, for example. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't mean that it can't have an impact on the localized ecosystem. It just means that it's not like forever they, because they are transient. And so I would say a lot more needs to be understood um, because a lot of people kind of sensationalize it uh, and, and say like, oh, if it doesn't colonize, it doesn't work. Like if it doesn't stick around, then it means it's mm. not working. And that's kind of a, a trope that you hear in a maybe more like the functional world or the like yeah. holistic kind of nutritional world, uh, wellness world. But that's that's not actually um, how they work necessarily. Got it. So I think um, Scout, and I, Scout and I, yeah, Scout and I can now uh, pass the AP bio test for okay. sure. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I think you're you're optimistic on yeah. uh, on my retention yeah. rate. Yeah. No, but Ara, you explained it so you profoundly. Did. And obviously, I think that is a huge mission of SEED is to make sure that this is rooted in science, that people are getting the right information and they're not getting all this, as you said, the sensationalized and marketing version of what gut health actually is, which is a very, very important uh, balance in our body. So Talk to us about, about seed specifically. What is it from a product perspective, but also from a mission perspective? Because you said that you wanted, um, you're going to say what the, what the name is about. So talk about that as well. Oh yeah, sure. And, and if you want me to, I can also um, just quickly define prebiotics because I think that. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So super fast. So probiotics, microbacteria that's been studied to have a benefit in the human body. Prebiotic, no bacteria. <laughs> Two kinds of prebiotics, fermenting, non-fermenting. You may have heard of like FOSS or GOSS or inulin or like the, the, it's, it's a- those Inulin, are, yeah. Um, compounds that are like have been added inulin. to a lot of- um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so there's kind of two ways that prebiotics work. The most simple way is they're food for microbes. Like they're food for your bacteria in your gut. So literally they just like help bacteria proliferate or grow in your gut. Second- is that they're actually compound that your bacteria use to create really important other compounds called like metabolites. Um, and that, and that, those are what I was talking about, like some of those short chain fatty acids. So one is directly like fertilizer, <laughs> literally like food for, food for good bacteria to, to grow and proliferate in your gut. That can either be the bacteria that is you are taking with your pro, with like actually taking in as a probiotic or it could be food for good good microbes that are already residents in your gut so the prebiotic goes in and creates and grows and then the probiotic goes in and regulates not grows but nourishes say that one say that one more time the prebiotic nourishes bacteria the probiotic regulates I mean, some some strains of bacteria, probiotics, like not all probiotics are the same, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the one that regulates <laughs> cholesterol is going to be different than the one that um, uh, dampens your the, the inflammatory response that creates psoriasis, right? Like they're, they're, that's kind of the point is that there's, it's like saying I take probiotics is like saying I like books. Yeah. Mm. Like there's thousands of strains so of bacteria. Times. Um, and but a prebiotic, a prebiotic essentially just, it helps. It's food. It is food. literally food for, for the, the good probiotic. Okay. Great. One form. Great. The second form of a prebiotic is that it's a compound that the bacteria take and they transform or metabolize into other substances that are really important for your health. 
Okay. All right, we got it. So and Seed has both of those. Our first, so our first product um, yeah. is called the Daily Symbiotic. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes both 24 strains of probiotics and a very specific form of prebiotics, um, which is called punicalgin, which is actually comes from like the, the, you know, the rind of a pomegranate, like very, that sour white part. Um, and that is the second kind of prebiotic, which is the kind that your bacteria use to create and metabolize other substances that are important for your health. Got it. So why, why decide to go with this specific combination and strain for mm -hmm. your first product? Because you did mention that it de completely depends on what the individual's needs are. So how can you make a universal product yeah. with something like yeah. this? That's not what I was saying. What I was saying, so just to be super clear, personalization was the opposite of what I was saying. Uh, meaning okay. like the idea that like I could know your microbiome and then give you probiotic just for it is kind of not uh, is not exactly how it works in the sense that um, you're not like just putting something good back. Now, if you have specific, what I was saying is that it more just calls for specificity, which is like, what do you want it to do? I think a lot of people just take probiotics. And like, as I said, it's kind of the, like, I like books. Um, but there's very, there is a lot of specificity to the field, um, and to specific strains. And so, uh, what I was saying is personal is just what do you what are you taking it for? Um, that that's the personal piece. I think it gets so it can just, help. It will help anyone. I, I, in the the scientific answer is it depends what you mean by help. What do you mean yeah. by help? Like it's like it's such a non-specific. I mean that's part of the problem, right? Is that like yes, it was designed to go back to your initial question. It was formulated with the idea that and started from this hypothesis of would an otherwise healthy individual, what, how could an otherwise healthy, uh, how could an otherwise healthy individual benefit mm -hmm. from daily, daily intake of microbes, like the, of a probiotic? Like that was, the, that was the first like hypothesis question, which is what could be meaningful for really, and, and you have to remember over 60% of Americans like ha, ha, just in this country have some sort of GI disruption. So you start from the place that like a very large part of the population has some sort of issue somewhere on the spectrum from like light bloating all the way to some sort of pathology where there's like a disruption of GI health, uh, of digestion. So, you know, we definitely anchored, of course, first into digestive and GI health. Um, but really also wanted to um, put something, uh, a, a product that, formulate a product um, that obviously represented like robust clinical research. Um, really interesting what they call kind of mechanistic data, which is like we understand how these microbes actually work in the body um, and create something that could also um, have an impact more systemically uh, beyond just like the localized benefits of digestive health. So for example, areas like gut barrier integrity, which is kind of what we talked about, which is like that keep it tight, which is like, the, you know, I'm sure a lot of your audience has heard of like leaky gut. So um, strains that are very impactful for the that interior, integrity of that gut barrier, um, uh, gut immune function. So um, again, that, that production of things like uh, short chain fatty acids, for example, like microbes that create uh, the, produce those compounds that are really important to feed your gut uh, wall lining. 
the cells that that line that gut uh, that wall. Um, uh, and then, as I as I mentioned earlier, kind of other areas, even like that gut skin axis. Um, so uh, strains that were studied in populations where uh, there were specific kind of infl inflammatory, like topical responses um, mm. or surface responses um, uh, that we wanted to include. And then also uh, one of the most important ones, which you guys probably know about, is um, is is we are. You may have heard of folate, but the, we're the first probiotic to um, include strains that also increase the endogenous production of folate in the body, um, as well as the synthesis of B12. Because you actually, your body can't make either of those without microbes. Wow. Okay, I have a very simple question. Yes. If someone has listened to this entire podcast, which yep. they are, and they're thinking, is seed or a probiotic or a prebiotic, you know, all this stuff, is this for me? Yep. Is there an avatar of a type of person that needs to take this? Or is this something that you think every human being should be taking to promote, you know, health? I'm just going to say general health. Yeah, for sure. this is where you'll find me be a terrible salesperson. Go for um, it. I know. I appreciate it, though. I love yeah. it. The truth is that... I <laughs> My, my co-founder says this all the time. The truth is that you don't need anything except glucose and water. <laughs> so let's start from there. <laughs> the second, <laughs> let's start from like reality uh, and science um, and physiology and biology. The, the second is that I think that I, I, I would say that if there was a, an option, also just being mindful of, of everybody's, uh, of, of different financial situations too, if there was a, choice between an, an a plant-based or majority plant-based incredibly diverse uh array of plants that could be ingested as part of a diet every uh day um versus taking this i would absolutely recommend that somebody focus instead on nutrition right so you're saying like if you if you, if you eat mcdonald's every day and then you have a seed you're not gonna <laughs> feel great like yeah yeah we gotta and, uh, I, we gotta do also, yeah in the answer of like who does anybody need this? I I think the the scientific answer is I think we we don't need a, most of the things that we take. The uh, answer that I can tell you in terms of why we started the company is I think that products like our daily symbiotic can be incredibly impactful to a wide variety of people, which is why it, it includes so many of the strains that uh, that we work with. It's of course the response that we get uh, overwhelmingly from people who lives have been changed by taking the product. But if you're asking me from like, obviously we, we just care so much about our integrity. I'm not going to tell anybody that anybody needs things because I think that's incredibly misleading marketing uh, to tell anybody that they need something uh, without any knowledge of their medical history uh, or anything. So my quick answer is ask your, ask your doctor, your practitioner, whoever you trust, um, but of course, yes, I think, um, I think that if you are interested in taking a probiotic, if like a very large percentage of people, you have some sort of digestive or GI condition um, and, and or uh, would benefit from any of the other areas that I mentioned, including like yeah. increasing B12, B9, which is folate, um, and then obviously some of the other gut barrier and gut immune function uh, benefits, like, uh, yes, I, I, I do believe that that could be very impactful for somebody's health. It's why we created uh, seed, yeah. um, but I but the need the reason that I'm answering it so circuitously is because when you ask me to somebody need something like I have to be as scientific yeah, no, and, and, and honest about that. 
Yeah. And thank you for being, yeah. Thank you for being transparent. I mean, that yeah. makes me want to buy it more. So, I mean, it's a good strategy <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Okay. So my, one of my favorite parts about seed, obviously the impacts of the product is incredible. I suffer from insane bloating and it has helped me immensely. I can tell you that. Um, but also the branding, I think the approachability of the brand and the visuals is obviously necessary in this day and age just to get people to listen but how much it feels like it was very intentional for you guys to create such an original and beautiful brand so how much um just talk to us a little bit about the creation of that and the visuals and how that helps to drive the message forward um absolutely first of all thank you that means a lot and i probably i can say thank you on behalf of everybody who wakes up every day working on that so thank you um Look, science has a needs a publicist. <laughs> yeah, that's the um, quote of the century. I love that. Um, if we don't change how science looks, feels, smells, sounds, like shows up in the world, we're gonna have a big problem because people's brains don't process data the way they process visual information, and we have some very big communication crises. Uh, and I think that part of our mission, you know, yes, we are, inc and, and I think just in general, just, and you probably from the way I answered the question of does everybody need our product is that we triple down on education. We take a teach a human to fish instead of tell them how great your fish is all day philosophy, because I genuinely, and, and that's why I go back to my original story, which I told you, which is that I just, I never understood how we just don't want to understand our bodies. And I think we spend, and you know, we spend a lot of time understanding, like making meaning from them. But we like, I think sometimes we don't just understand um, how they actually work. And I, and so I think we spend a lot of time um, uh, thinking about how science could show up and take a lot of the gestures from everything from just like, streetwear, luxury, fashion, culture, music, art, um, to find a way to, to build doors that people can walk through. Um, and that is really why it looks that way. And I think that science, people forget how magical and wondrous it is. There's a beautiful, like, you know, Carl Sagan quote, um, you know, that every kid is a natural born scientist and we kind of educate it out of them. And so I think this like idea that, that we could bring wonder and beauty back to um, sciences or, or, and, and particularly bacteria, if you think about the history of bacteria, you know, you grew, you grew up thinking it was something you kill and get rid of and that it was harmful. So it's basically like saying, you know, kill, kill, you kill half, your, half the cells in your body, right? It's, it's it, you know, bacteria, if, if science needs a publicist, you know, bacteria needs like a, a crisis PR team. Um, particularly right now with one, one particular microbe taking over our world called you know, COVID. Um, and so I, I, think, um, I think a lot of it was very, very much that like there's very little beauty when it comes to science. It feels cold and clinical and complex. And there, there isn't a lot of great translation that gives, that brings it, you know, we always try and we say, we always like try and translate uh, Trojan horse science into pop culture. You know, it's like, how do you make these things how do you make science cool? How do you make it beautiful? You make it sexy, yeah. Well, yeah. you guys have made it yeah. sexy. Definitely. <laughs> okay, we always, we love ending all of our interviews, our chats, our discoveries with our guests, asking this one question. Mm -hmm. If you could brag about anything you've accomplished thus far in life and not be humble whatsoever, what would you brag about? 
Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like Brad. I don't like that. Yeah, that's, that's why we, we ask it. it. That's I why we know. ask it. Hmm. Um, I'm, can I say two things or it's just one thing? Yeah, you can say two. Um, I'm very proud. Um, I'm very, very proud of my child. <laughs> and I think COVID, you know, just the, the last four months, of course, like you just, you know, there's like a, um, ex, you know, like a, a, has been a real moment of, of um, like being in proximity to him that I wouldn't have had other, you know, in, under other circumstances. And I'm very proud of who he's becoming and he's only four, but he's pretty awesome. Um, and not that I can brag, brag for that, but I guess I'm, I'm proud of that I brought a human into the world that seems to care about the world, which is um, awesome. Um, and who's full of love, which I think the world needs more of right now. Um, and I'm very proud. I'm very proud of, um, I'm very proud of like seed and, and how we show up in the world, particularly right now and how yeah. we've, um, and our integrity. You should be so proud of that. I yeah. love those answers. Um, yeah. This has been such an illuminating conversation. I feel like I am so much more educated and I think our sisters will really appreciate this breakdown mm -hmm. because I think there is a lot of fluff around this topic. So everyone mm -hmm. needs to check out Seed. Where can they find Seed and buy the product and learn more? Right. Um, at Seed on Instagram, seed.com on the interweb. And that's where they find out more. Awesome. We love it. And you can find us at OKSIS Podcasts. Thank you, sisters. Thanks, sisters. Hey there. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink, wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human, and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.